Welcome back to Joker Men Podcast, where today we're going to be talking about what was cut out of the 1995 release, Bob Dylan MTV Unplugged. And that is to say everything that was actually like the best stuff that was removed. I'm Evan. Thank you for joining us. I was just randomly, I was, well, not randomly. I see it all the time on my uh, internet, you know, the, the Marvel style movies. Hmm. Um, I just don't even know what's, I, w- I don't know what's going on with them anymore. I haven't f- watched one since, uh, the original Avengers film. I saw that in theaters, I think. Yeah. Well, what, uh, but no, we're talking about MTV and I, I just, I just feel, uh, a sort of sense of, um, confusion and, uh, sadness when I hear, over here, an adult person talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you know what the cure for that sadness is, is adult people talking about Bob Dylan uh, bootleg live albums from 1995. <laughs> Anytime you, you get a hankering to watch one of these, uh, these Marvel movies, just like close your eyes and very calmly and like, you know, with, with, uh, with peace in your heart. Uh, just think of uh, a Bob a bootleg fan album, uh, such as one that you recently sent me, um, Positively West 52nd Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the Bob Dylan equivalent of like these bottom tier <laughs> leftover characters that uh. are serving as the main event now to, uh, f- again, I stress, full grown adult people who really will pay money to watch um winter soldiers winter soldiers little buddy little brother show wandavision or whatever the fuck what was the other one that you sent what do you mean the other bob cover uh, well, days of 94 <laughs> You got that folks. Days of forty nine. Now we have days of ninety four live show recorded in nineteen ninety four. The year of my birth. Days of ninety four. Days of ninety four. Budokan Tokyo, February 9th, nineteen ninety four. You know we're gonna have to do that. We're we're gonna have to do Budokan revisited. <laughs> the days of ninety four. Oh my. Was goodness. I a little? Have I been a little harsh on fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, you know, I'm sure there are. Well, actually, I was going to say I'm sure there are there are several Marvel fans in the uh, in the Jokerman fan group. They've probably turned this off by now. But I don't actually know if there are that many of them. You got that, folks? You can either be a fan of uh, Bob and Jokerman, or you can be a fan of Marvel. But you can't be a fan of both. I won't beat this into a dead horse pulp, but I will say that um, you know, like I'm a Marvel fan. Like I like. I love Spider-Man. I love like uh, the the Hulk. I I love all those characters, but um, the like Joss Whedon vision of those characters is um one of the worst things that that's ever existed. I um, think you're just you're reacting against you know like the prevalence of soy in in the culture in general, which is the defining kind of characteristic of all the Marvel movies. Well, if if by that you mean that the dialogue is like insufferable when it shouldn't be, uh, then yeah, yeah. 
As um, opposed to American Outdoor, Zack Snyder, the opposite of. So well, I, and and I will throw in again, uh, opposed to uh, the the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, which are masterpieces. At least two out of three, great. You know, I watched them recently, rewatched them. They're great, and those are truly fantastic movies that I would be proud to show my children. I will never show my children anything made with a credit by uh, Joss Whedon. (laughs) I'm sorry. I should stop. We should start talking about Bob Dylan. I'm sorry. That is this, the topic of this podcast. We, we can start a Marvel podcast where we talk about how bad it is. Also that would require us to watch them. I think I don't even think it would, but you know, we'll, we'll focus. We'll, we'll refocus on Bob here. Uh, for the time being, at least. Uh, what are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about. Uh, well, I guess this is this is basically a a fan bootleg, um, a fan bootleg record. Another MTV unplugged from 1994. Yeah, unplugged like a Rolling Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that that was what it was called. That would. That's be... my one gripe with these. Uh, fantastic, I should say bootleg uh fan uh, records of the MTV sessions is that they don't have creative bootleg names it's not it's like the complete unplugged or something like that the times um, they are unplugged yeah or um MTV talking song or well he doesn't play that so I guess they couldn't said that they could say tonight I'll be unplugged here with you right right. <laughs> Exactly. Now you're on track. <laughs> now or, we're in the mindset. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to top unplugged like a Rolling Stone, which <laughs> is so true. It would have to be unplugged to roll down the hill. That's true. Wouldn't it? Anyways, for those of you who would like to play along at home, uh, YouTube, another MTV unplugged 1994 will take you to the... Uh, right. It is called another MTV unplugged, <laughs> which is like... I don't even know if that that must predate another self-portrait, but who knows? It does predate another self-portrait, yes. So maybe we're experiencing the first instance of the Bob Dylan organization sort of taking note of the fan bootleg titles. Do you think that that's possible, Ian, that they they noted... Pulling from them? That they said, well, this one was called Another... MTV Unplugged. Maybe we could make one called Another Self-Portrait. Well, it's it's certainly possible. Who's to say? I'm going to choose to believe it. That's my Marvel Cinematic Universe. (laughs) I'm just making these stupid connections to like rustily just like zap a couple of my worn out synapses together. Um, But in the service of a great American artist and not a fucking loser like Joss... When? First song on this record. I want you. <laughs> um, this is. I'll pause for just a moment for you to finish. Um, this is one of the best versions of "I Want You" that I've ever heard. It's very good. I think it's easily a top three of my favorite. Uh, arrangements and versions of it. I, I really think it's great. I want you is definitely one of the ones that he has been most willing to reinterpret over, 
over the ages, you know, there's the there's that really kind of like uh, quiet and and slow burn version of it from Budokan uh, when he gets out that, there on his that own. That one is good, and, and then, I mean, I really love that one. This one has something something else to it. Um, well, I think what's what's particularly interesting about it to me is like this is I mean this this show was recorded November ninety four, uh, and then that was. Um, like a year after the Supper Club shows that, um, you know, sort of a legendary lost performance from 1993 during the... The Supper Club, you mean? Yeah, the Supper Club shows. Yeah, um, yeah. A legendary lost performance that Bob had recorded and then discarded with and then, um, you know, have, have circulated in bootlegs. And I think that's one that we're also going to be talking about at some point soon. Um, but, uh, but there's another fantastic version of, I want you in, in that set as well, that, that is a totally new kind of interpretation of it and totally different from this one, which is just a year later. So like, I don't know, there, there's something about this song for him that he seems able to just kind of like mold and push and shape at will. Like it's a, a lump of clay or something. Yeah. The, this version, it, it's got a, almost a twin peaks vibe. To right. It. Yeah, I, I kind of see what you mean. Like, like it, it's kind of like maudlin and like, like. I'm listening actually right now to a different version from '94 of "I Want You," where it's a similar rendition. He was really on something, onto something with with this song in '94. Top tier, good stuff. I think because the the song is so simple and impactful. It, it's easy to reinterpret and and like plug into any sort of stylistic pursuit he was interested in at the moment. It's one yeah, that but he could take it, but it's with rare him. that he he actually just realizes that the way to do it is this kind of like really committed, um, and yet sort of restrained ballad style, right? Like, Sincere, it's, yeah. It it just. It comes through so beautifully. Yeah, the slide guitar on on at least the MTV Unplugged version is uh, um, kind of it, 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 for me for my money. What really does it for us here? And and his phrasing too. It, it's totally different than the original. Right. Um, it's not. It's definitely slower. And uh, it's not that way. I wasn't bold to refuse you. Yeah, it's it's. Just listen to it. Three stars for me. <laughs> you know, it occurred to me we did not give the record three uh, a star ranking the first time. Yeah, we can cut something at the end of this that you can just kind of tack on at the end, maybe in lieu of talking about Meg White. <laughs> maybe in lieu of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I want you. You know, the this is what. This song alone, I think, makes these um, makes these uh, alternate versions and this uh, this bootleg worth existing. Um, uh, you know, this is uh, Evan and I were texting about this uh, before we recorded tonight, but we knew we were we knew we were in for a pissed episode of Jokerman because of all of the all of these unfair <laughs> yeah. cuts that were made from the record. I didn't know that this was going to turn into a pissed episode of Jokerman about Joss Whedon, but 
uh, I think the pissed energy is coming through. You know, it's it's just like seeping through my pores. It's just coming through. However, however it can. For the Bob Dylan record, I I feel a little bit sad. I would say, and no. for the for for just thinking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> and how people accept that absolute garbage. Um, that makes me mad, I guess. I see. Um, actually, scratch that. Both are just deeply sad to me. Okay. That stuff used to be, it used to mean something. <laughs> it used, when you were playing the Spider-Man game on Nintendo 64, that was, that was drawing from a completely uh, imaginative world. A rich folk history. Yeah, a rich folk history, exactly. <laughs> And and in this modern age, you know, you just get you, you get nothing but the dregs. You, there's no true believers. The second song is "Don't Think Twice, It's All Right." <laughs> <laughs> it's this is a good song as well. It's one that I would have liked to have had on the original, uh, or rather, the studio released version of MTV Unplugged. In lieu of perhaps, I don't know, uh, this one could have could have been there instead of all on the watchtower for my money. All right. We keep saying for my money. I mean, I, are we for, saying that a lot? Yeah, we are saying that a lot, but that's OK. Well, for my money, uh, I, I think that don't think twice is sort of a predictable choice for this kind of set. You know, uh, if we're drawing from the 60s material and we're doing sort of an unplugged stripped down version, obviously this is going to, you know kind of uh come to the fore as one of the ones that you would expect um not a not a enormously different interpretation of the song here um but you know it makes sense with the sonic template and what he's kind of going for here um you know it's it's pleasant to listen to i'm I'm not terribly broken up by its lack of inclusion on the canonical version um but it's uh you know it's good yeah yeah it's good. It's not my favorite, but it it's very solid, and so it's a good spirited rendition of the song. Definitely, spirited. which is one of the great songs. Absolutely. What do we got next? Well, we've got the other version of Desolation Row, which uh, yes, you are. Uh, I'm excited to. about. Yeah, yeah. I I just feel like this version. I mean, uh. Enough about what I think, but do you think that this version is better than the other? Uh, you know, I gotta say, I haven't put as much time into this bootleg, uh, you know, series of songs as I have Fair to the enough. actual record. So I, I'm, I would, I would. It's a very, it's a very nitpicky thing, admittedly. Like for me, this this version is pretty similar to the the one that you get on the bootleg series. Not what what about it? Do when you get on the MTV series? On the non bootleg. This is the this is the, on the bootleg MTV series. series yeah. What what about it? Do you uh, do you find stronger or more compelling? This isn't the bootleg series. No, I it, 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 I was it, you know this is like a a bootleg album. I mean, oh right right right. <laughs> this one that we're talking about now. <laughs> well. Uh, I mean, the one that you get on the MTV one is uh, it has actually a kind of a cool like synth uh, effect or something. Mm. We didn't actually mention that last time. Do you know what I mean? That kind of like weird, like spooky clav or whatever it is. Right. Kind of like poking along in the background on the organ. Yeah. 
Um, that's less uh, pronounced on this version that we have here, that the the take that they didn't use. But I just feel like this version has it's very subtle, but actually a, a little bit more um, of a sense of suspense and kind of like animation in mm. terms of Dylan's uh, delivery and the whole band just seems to be on this um, kind of a, a more dramatic, like propulsive clip uh, while still maintaining a pretty low key uh, execution of this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it just somehow feels like higher stakes than the than the other version than the original cut interesting yeah both are very good but this one just edges it out i think and it, i to the point where i think it's actually worth listening to because of how uh you can hear a subtle difference i mean i'm not like the biggest deadhead in the world but from what i understand this is the kind of shit that's the bread and butter of people who are deadheads they're just like well that version's good but you know this version where Jerry like took a smoke break at that point and then came back feeling rejuvenated. It's, uh, <laughs> slightly, slightly better. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, at a certain point it, it's all, it's all in the, like the nitpicky details about what, uh, you know, what the right version or the best version or the best vibe is on this kind of shit. To me, this version just has a little, it, it feels a little bit more together just to be like vaguely blunt, you know? Sure. Who but, am I uh, to judge? Yeah, no, worth worth uh, checking out, I would say. Oh. Uh, well, that brings us to the next song, which is, we're back to ones that weren't actually included on the record. Right. This was another one of the cuts. Uh, and this is one that I think uh, it totally actually should have been on the record. Uh, I'm always uh, happy to see Bob pay a little attention to the great planet waves. Uh, and this is the the one planet wave song he decided to sing, uh, during these two, uh, sets hazel. Yeah. This is a, a kind of an oddball choice Yeah, from a uh, planet waves. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually kind of, re- I really like that he, he decided to do this one. I mean, I, I just, I, my main feeling listening to all of this and I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I assume we're, Sympatico here is that to be at this show would have been incredible and that's just not what you get on the officially released version you mm. don't get that incredible show where he throws hazel in the mix and and he plays uh i want you like it it lacks some uh scope some drama that that was there that, right that shouldn't have been removed right like this, like I said, I think in the last episode, I would have been personally, I would have been happy to have this be a double album. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that there's enough material there for it. Certainly, um, the set lists were like kind of similar. I think from night to night, looking at them, um, it was about maybe like two thirds the same shit, and then one third different stuff. Interestingly, on night one, I want you. Uh, and it's unclear whether the version of I Want You that starts off this bootleg, whether that's from night one or night two. He played it both nights. But um, uh, night one, he played it. It was the second song. Night two, uh, last song. So it, it, I think it's clear that he knew he had something with that kind of interpretation of it. Um, uh, on, 
on these shows. Um, but yeah, um, I, you know, I think Hazel is, uh, is definitely one that's underappreciated. I mean, all of Planet Waves. Dirty blonde hair. Little touch of your love. Yeah, it's one that I think is it's nice to see it return because, uh, I, like many songs on Planet Waves, I feel like it's in need of a little TLC. Like it's it's one that just didn't get so much like, um, so much of a touch of of Bob's love. Sure, sure. Say, uh, to like really coax it into the the top echelon, but that's a an era and a record that is full of songs that have a lot of potential i think if he had really wanted to push them into a higher tier of his like regular live output he could have um yeah no song on that record is bad and and i think we we basically said as much on our episode on the record with michael diodario right where we kind of just liked everything yeah but um some more than others yeah, the record I think in in popular history has just kind of all been boiled down to Forever Young. Uh like that's the one the one song from the record. Yeah, that although for for my for my Bitcoin on a night like this on a night like this is of the, course the standout track. Great track. But but again, yeah, there's there's so many great tunes on yeah. there. Or potentially great. On the note of, uh, you know, the performance, you know, the, the actual live taping, I would like to take the opportunity to uh, quote uh, someone from the YouTube, the YouTube comments uh, on this uh, video. That's that's the great um, that's the great thing about the the bootleg community is everyone just has stuff to say. Um, we have Rob O'Connor mentioning um, or asking. Uh, sort of rhetorically in the comments here, is this the Thursday night performance from 11.17? I attended that taping. I remember Hazel was in the set, which shocked me. The official broadcast used mostly the Friday 11.18 performances, while the VHS version added a few more from the Thursday night show. It looked like MTV called out to a modeling agency for Friday night. The front row was filled with young girls with long brown hair that were not in attendance at the Thursday night show. That might explain why Bob was in better spirits on Friday. Thursday night, he was all business. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Horny till the end. Absolutely. Well, That's what you... in, it, horny rather into the early to midnight. <laughs> right. I guess, uh, you know, that's... That's that's one way to boost his spirits. Yeah, just throw some broads in the front. Gonna call up the modeling agency. This has been so far one of our most chaotic episodes, <laughs> and, and not just because I'm talking about Marvel all the time, <laughs> sort of airing my grievances on a public forum. This is not a, a pay-to-play episode. <laughs> this is, I have to keep reminding myself that this is one that we are just giving away for free, and that's fine. Yeah, we're now saving all the good content for Patreon. So th- this is basically what it's going to be like from now on if you don't want to Well, pay. now I'm just going to just I'm just going to like bitch and moan, you know? <laughs> just piss and vinegar and occasional glimpses of Dylan. We're kind of moving in a shock jock direction where we just kind of like get angry and misanthropic about like <laughs> sort of like the uh, pointless and um Kids these non- days. non-threatening topics. 
You know, it's it's less so kids these days that actually bothers me. It's I'm more disturbed by the adults these days. The adults, the people who are older than me these days <laughs> who have uh, the habit of consuming media for children. Star Wars is <laughs> too. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll cut that out. Uh, the next song is "Everything Is Broken." That's how I feel. No, no. I, I, in, in all jokes aside, um, I would have loved to hear this on on the MTV record. Like, come on, right? Why would you exclude? I, I don't know who was responsible. I don't know. I don't know if Dylan was the one who called the shots, or if he kind of just. Passed it along to some flunky at MTV or or Columbia or whatever, who picked the uh, final set list for the actual record, or the the final sequencing rather. But uh, he didn't play that many relatively modern tracks throughout this whole performance of right. these two nights. Right, and this was like one of what, what three or four, and they just cut it right out. But this is a perfectly fun and engaging version of a really fun and engaging song. And uh, I I think it's a really just a a total loss that it's not on there. Another one of the highlights, I think, that uh, that we we miss out on here, like we were talking about last episode, the all the all the contemporary ish songs that he was interested in playing for these sets were. Oh mercy tracks and um you know the two that are on the actual record are dignity and well i mean dignity wasn't even on oh mercy but it was from those sessions whatever uh and um uh shooting star and uh everything's broken would have been the third and uh and i think this is this is probably my favorite of all of the all of the oh mercy interpretations that he offers here this is it's got kind of a cool rockabilly vibe uh, which I, I understand cool rockabilly is sort of an oxymoron in the first place, but somehow it, it kind of works here. No, no, I like rock. Rockabilly is cool. Uh, if you don't have tattoos <laughs> to prove it for yourself, like, uh, you know, rockabilly is, you know, the fall famously great band who, uh, explored rockabilly to, fascinating ends and and a lot of rockabilly music is really worth its salt on its own sure uh well yeah i mean uh, in 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 any case i think this rockabilly interpretation of everything's broken is a lot of fun and and honestly like i think more effective than the way that it's presented on the record um which uh i i remember not being terribly fond of this one when we talked about it last time uh on the actual you know uh, lp cut but this uh, this live version, it's a little kind of sped up and kind of funky and fun, and it's just uh, you know it's a good it's a good cut. Um, I don't know it, it uh, this this version has has given the song a little more of a dimension to it, a little more depth. There's something more interesting about it than the way that it's a, is on the record for whatever reason. Yeah, it it just works, and it's a fun song, and that's what you get in the uh, record version. I think we noted that. Everything is broken is just kind of like a fun curio on the on the record, Oh Mercy. Right. But uh, in a live setting, it kind of comes to life a little bit more because uh, that feels like more where it where it's at home. Yeah, exactly. What's the next tune, Ian? Well, the next one is one that we did have on the 
record. Uh, this is just an alt version. Uh, once again, the times they are a change in. Oh uh, yes. Well, I, I don't really know how, if I have much to say about this alternate version, but uh, it's good, you know. Yeah. I I can't confess that I can find too much distinctive on this run versus the record cut. Then let's just skip it. Fair enough. Uh, after that, we do have one that didn't make it for whatever reason, and I think this is another one of your favorites. Uh, absolutely sweet, Marie. Yeah, I mean, you've listened to this one, right? Yep. And... I think you had the same reaction to me that like after listening to this like rocket ship version of absolutely sweet Marie that just happens to like rock so hard and be so, um, cons- uh, so, uh, on, on it when, when it comes to Bob's delivery and performance, it is pretty bizarre that they would cut this. Yeah, this is another it's pretty... It's the, like, the barn burner of this whole set. I don't really get why you would cut this out of Dylan appearing on MTV in 1995. Right. You know, supposedly trying to, like, go toe-to-toe with major rock groups. Like, you know, Nirvana's was just recently before this, albeit their unplugged version of Nirvana. Right. Um, Cobain had died actually right before this, basically in span of months. But, uh, you would think that Dylan would want to impress a sort of sense that he is capable of rocking with his nineties MTV appearance. It seems strange that they would omit this clear example of that phenomenon. I think that were I to have, you know, put together the track list for the original actual record releasing, this would be making an appearance in place of Rainy Day Women. But, uh, you know, I think the reason that that doesn't end up happening is because probably the MTV kind of audience is going to be much more familiar with something like Rainy Day Women, which is a more immediately recognizable tune and kind of lyric. Uh, and obviously it's just literally the first track on blonde on blonde. So if you hit play on the CD at this time, that's the first thing you hear. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, there's the much more to recommend this, this, uh, this version of absolutely sweet memory, which not necessarily one of my favorites from the record, but I think, um, live, this is, um, you know, it's just, it once again, like everything is broken is, is a lot of fun. Um, a lot of what's going on on this record and in these performances in general is just kind of like simple songs done well, energetic, fun, good arrangements, nice band. Like it's, you don't need to, you don't need to dig very deep or like, you know, search for much hidden kind of meaning or significance or whatever. It's just like, you know, these are these great songs performed great by a, a great set of musicians. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we're losing you a little bit here, Evan. No, no, I was just uh, re- lost in a reverie. Thinking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe again? No, actually thinking about Jerry Lewis. <laughs> <What> a- <laughs> 
Jerry Lewis is going to be uh, integrated into uh, the Marvel Universe uh, shortly. That uh, anti-Semitic clown movie he made <laughs> is uh, being rebooted, uh, but with Timothy Chalamet in the starring role. I watched the um, the Ladies' Man recently for the first time. It's it's very good. Hmm. Have you ever seen that? I can't say that I have. Boy, it's so funny. Is it about a ladies' man? Uh, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and no. that's where the humor comes from, folks. Well, it, it's a it's extremely ambitious and equally stupid. So it just creates this like magic sweet spot, which is something we love Bob Dylan for too, by doing it accidentally a lot of the time. Extremely stupid and extremely ambitious. You have to be a genius to have certain problems, you know, creatively. Absolutely. Shall we roll on ahead? I suppose we shall. Uh, Next one we've got, this is uh, the last of the ones that uh, is just an alternate version of one that appeared on the actual record, Dignity. Once again, I I don't know that I have a whole lot that... uh, No, me neither. Key in on on differences here. Um, Dignity, we like it. It's good stuff. Um, that brings us to the last, uh, the last couple. Then, which uh, I know this is one that you are uh, passionate about, and uh, in fact, we're already firing off some tweets about earlier tonight. My back pages, right? So this one I just find to be a shocking omission from the MTV shocking version of this this performance. You know, the officially sanctioned and released record. Um, absolute malpractice well I just don't understand it because frankly Dylan was throwing a softball to MTV with this to perform a song I I don't know if you can pull up when the last time he performed this before this version was but I have a feeling like it maybe wasn't so recent let's uh, let's see if we can See if we can dial that up. Watch my, it's, my it's point be being again. that uh, the the content of my back pages seems to be like a no brainer for MTV executives to include on on this record, the officially released album of Bob Dylan on MTV, his only appearance on what was at the time still like the vanguard of popular music. Mm representation i mean there was no pitchfork at this point you have mtv and a song where dylan says i was so much older than i'm younger than that now is just such a slow motion matrix style softball directly into your hand that you could have just like snatched away just been like okay we're just gonna run with it like Dylan just literally sang in a song, I'm hip, I'm cool, I was so much less cool in the past. Like, a moron must have been in charge to not insist that this be included on this record. Thematically, I think it does seem like it would make a lot of sense. It's a no-brainer. Slow pitch right over the plate. It does look like it was actually in the rotation at this time. And he had played it a couple other times in 94, played it at the Supper Club shows in 93. Um, played oh, did it, he? Yeah, in quite a long run of shows in 89 and 90, it looks like. Um, although there was a 10-year gap. He didn't play it before 1978. 
even though this is from See, 1964. But, but this plays in a little bit to, I guess, what we were discussing in the last episode, which was sort of Dylan at the end of history, Dylan reappraising his career from a point of view that's kind of like aerial view of things. Mm. He's kind of able to see now that certain songs are acceptable for him to perform that maybe even just 10, 15 years ago would have been unthinkable because now he understands like he can perform this and it actually has some intrinsic drama behind it. Um, Famously, well, we will probably do an episode about the 92 30th anniversary, uh, extravaganza yes which actually concluded with like a massive ensemble version of my back pages did you know that i did yeah george harrison is in like an enormous purple coat with a really terrible (laughs) mustache right it's it's very goofy but i just feel like this song is um it's it's really kind of touching that he he brings this song back in the in the nineties and um, yeah. especially here, uh, this version of it I think is really strong, and um, that lyric I was so much older than I'm younger than that now, it really I think sums up actually what we still continue to really love and relish about Bob Dylan and his continual output is that he does in many ways seem younger than ever in terms of his playfulness, his lack of self-seriousness, while still being able to like command the exalted position that he finds himself at. He's been able to find this like really remarkable balance. And uh, this song is special in that it seems to explicitly reference that. So to omit it seems like you're just, it's, you're letting a gold run through your fingers. Right. Yeah, I I think um, like on the actual record, you know, with something like John Brown, where he's just pulling a song from his deepest, darkest past, you know, right at the very beginning. And then, you know, sort of giving it new life all these all these years, these decades later. uh, This is another, you know, another kind of example of that, obviously, with a song that's much more well known than uh, John Brown. This is one of the standouts on another side. But um, yeah, th- I think th- that the, the 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 use of uh, a song like this with that specific lyric in this context is is kind of playful and knowing on his part, um, and he's just uh, you know it's it's uh, it's a nice interpretation of a of a nice song. Yeah, it's it's a it's like the kind of crowd pleaser that you didn't even know you wanted, and it, right. so it's so yeah. it feels so good to to just get hit with it. And you can hear the crowd throughout this whole um, bootleg, really. Um, right. Really just feeling so much more engaged than actually you even hear on the the officially released version of MTV Unplugged. Well, that's because the officially released version of MTV Unplugged was a, you know, an audience full of model agency girls. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> God, what it must have been like to just be like a hot girl with brown hair who was like, paid to sit in front at MTV <laughs> unplugged so that Bob Dylan would be like a little bit more sprightly. That night. It's fantastic. Just like putting a couple drops of sugar in his water dispenser in his hamster cage. 
<laughs> That's what you are. Well, I think that uh, that brings us to the close of uh, this record and potentially one of the strangest episodes of Joker Man ever recorded. I'm sorry, that's totally <laughs> my fault. <laughs> with, with, tonight I'll be staying here with you. Well, Ian, um, this is all you because this is one of the best. Uh, I'll I'll take it away here. Uh, you know, um, at, at local Joker Man local Joey or men, uh, loyal Joker men <laughs> listeners. I'm running out of energy here too. Uh, loyal Joker men listeners. No <laughs> local uh, joy. men. <laughs> and it's kind of works, you know? Uh, yeah, folks, we love Nashville skyline here. Uh, and by we, I mean, I, uh, and tonight I'll be staying yeah. with you is our, uh, one of the best, uh, and just a fantastic album closer for a fantastic album, fantastic album closer here as well. Uh, and, uh, once again, we don't need to overthink this as with, uh, everything broken, um, or absolutely sweet Marie. It's just a great classic song, simple, perfect message tonight. I'll be staying here with you. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. the right way to go out here. Um, you know, uh, troubles out the door. I don't need them anymore mm-hmm. for tonight. I'll be staying here. It's just like you. instant dopamine. Even just to hear those words, really. That's yeah, great. Just so good. I feel like I was very negative at the beginning of this episode, you know, talking about the Marvel Cinematic well, that's, Universe. That's the pissed energy that's coming through in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, you know, see, that's my inclination. I don't want to take it out on Bob Dylan. I want to take it out on Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. Um, yeah, yeah. Tonight I'll be sitting here with you is just such a touching and beautiful song. Uh and this band really makes this, sense to play yeah, this no, song. This, this band, we will actually do an episode in relatively short order about the Supper Club. Almost live record. Yes. A record, uh, I mean, a recording, uh, several, it's, it's very similar to this in a lot of ways because it was a couple nights with basically the same band with a couple adjustments. Uh, and... It was shelved for kind of mysterious reasons, much like this uh, alternate version. Another MTV Unplugged was like all this content that was shelved, all these songs that were done so well that were just never put out. Um, and hopefully Jokerman podcast can kind of give this band and this version of Dylan's live show and his live act uh, its due because it's really worth paying attention to. Um, There's really special energy going through all of this, even though we didn't love what, what we, you get as at a final product with MTV unplugged, the official record. It's no fault of the band themselves. It, 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 they really are doing a tremendous job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think the performances themselves uh, were, were fantastic, uh, clearly. Um, and uh, depending on what night you were there and what version of which song, some of them were a little better than others. Um, and, but uh, uh, as ever, the devil's in the details. And whoever was the one that was deciding to cut this record together and cut the uh, TV special together, because that's what really was you know, being sold here was a television program, mm-hmm. 
is they made some. I, I guess they were they were making kind of safe corporate kind of decisions uh, with what to include here. Not not necessarily catering to the Jokerman of the world, catering to your MTV audience circa nineteen ninety five. Right, and and on that note, I think that we can now this being the second episode of this series about the MTV Unplugged experience. I think now would be the appropriate time to give our our uh, three star one to three star rather sure. review of the officially released MTV Unplugged record. What would you give it, Ian? Hmm. You know, I think I would give. Hmm, well, that's tough. I don't want to be too harsh here. I think what I would do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, fudge the rules here a little bit. Uh, and say uh, uh, I'm going to give the the MTV Unplugged performances collectively all of the all of the music all of the performances you know uh, that took place uh, two stars. Uh, I'm going to give MTV Unplugged the album released in 1995 one star because it's 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 not what it should be. Uh, you know, there's 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 more that left on the cutting room floor here, uh, and what we got is just. Uh, is it's good, you know, uh, but it's uh, it, it 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 there's there's much more that it could have been, and that's a shame. I think I'm going to have to actually copy you a little bit. Here. Wow, I I feel like I I was kind of vacillating. I was going back and forth between what I was going to do here, um, but I think that you kind of introduced an interesting wrinkle to it. <laughs> I almost want to give. The MTV performance, three stars. You should but, give it three stars if that's what you feel. Um, let me think about this for a second. No, I think you're right. Um, I think it's a two stars, very strong. And yet the record itself that we officially get, I would give one star just out of spite. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> just, out of, just out of spite, folks. The Jokerman way. Yeah. Although, the, I mean... The pissed episode. That that uh, that official performance is just so scattered. I don't right. know that I could give it three stars on the whole. It just seems so... Uh, kind of up in the air. Although, parts of it, abs- certain songs absolutely deserve three stars. So, like... Just consider it, you know, like a strong, uh, full, a fully committed to, and that that one star for the uh, officially released record, just because Jesus Christ, like, come on, yeah, you fucked up, you fucked up, you blew it, you blew it. Well, uh, what do we have next on the uh, docket? I guess we've got. Well, looky here, we have. A beloved album that everyone loves, that everybody, everybody, everybody needs. It's called Time Out of Mind. And we hope to have a very special guest close to both of our hearts up on there. Please tune in next time. On... Jokerman. Sometimes